bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Bitch, the Chicago. Hello everyone, what is up? It is me, Ewan, and welcome to a new spooky edition of the We Love Dad Movies podcast. Originally we were going to do The Terminator, but due to some online mishaps where the film just doesn't exist in any kind of rental capacity anymore, I reached out to my friend Dan Grima, who I was originally going to do Terminator with, and Dan gave me a treat from the heavens. He was like, Ewan, let's do Cobra. And I was like, Dan... Let's do Cobra. So please, welcome, Dan Grima. Hello. Hello. Happy Halloween. Happy, not Happy. quite Halloween. <laughs> yeah, nearly. We're a week off. Happy Spooktober. Yeah, and I'm what people say, right? so glad that you suggested doing Cobra to me, because I was thinking of, like, when I started and I wanted to do, like, a spooky month for, for the dad movie pod, I was like, ah, you know... Jaws, Terminator, Aliens, those are all easy shouts. Classics. Uh, and, and and the Terminator as well, it was like, ah, you know, it's because the Terminator is often thought of as like a, a slasher movie, essentially. You know, it's very it's very slashery. Um, and I'd completely forgotten about Cobra, despite having discussed with you at a previous point that we have to absolutely do Cobra at some point. Um, and this is like one of my dad's favourite movies. It's one of the ones that he was most excited to show me when, He's when I was younger. Taste. Um, yeah, Defo. Um, and I've forgotten. I, I think it's. I think the last time I would have watched this would have been with him. But it's such a perfect kind of like horror action dad movie to talk about because you know at times it feels like an exploitation movie, like it's like a, an Italian horror movie at times in the way it's framed. Um, it's like Dirty Harry on cocaine with its like right wing power fantasy as well. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, a hilariously great movie. Uh, something that oscillates, as I saw on Letterbox, between one stars and five stars uh, so this, <laughs> at various this points. Is the thing with, yeah. <laughs> this is the thing with Cobra. Cobra, in terms of how good a movie is, arguably, not arguably, well, a lot of people would be like, Cobra's a two-star movie. And they'd be wrong. Cobra's not a two-star movie. Cobra's what should be a two-star movie. It's actually a four-star movie, but I will talk about it and think about it like it's a five-star movie. This is the correct attitude to take with it, because it is like, it is, like, it's a genuinely well-crafted movie. Like, it is genuinely, like, there are, there are some, you know, the the writing is hilarious. Like, because this is, this was done by Sly, if people are unaware of what Cobra is... It was an action movie that came out in 1986. It was basically Stallone's, another brainchild of Stallone after he was offered the part of um, Axel Foley in Robocop and Beverly Hills Cop. (laughs) Completely different movie. Uh, And he didn't want it to be so comedic. And so he was like, I'm going to write this script. And he wrote what was essentially the first draft of Cobra. Um, and one of those were like, nah, we're not really feeling this. Beverly Hills Cop, you go go and do your own thing. And, And that's where this came from. Um... And... I mean, I'll be honest, all you've got me thinking about now is how much I want a Robocop with Axel Foley. <laughs> that would be great. Imagine Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy the, this, Robocop the peak of his powers doing, doing Robocop. But yeah, no, I'm telling you now, we'd be doing that movie right now instead of Cobra if that we, existed. We absolutely would. I forgot where I was going with my initial point about it and uh, and talking about its origins. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the writing itself by Sly... Um, is so self-congratulatory. And basically everything, every single thing in this movie is designed to make Sly seem 
really, really cool. And it's so funny because, you know, his car in this, I only looked it up and discovered that it was his actual car because I felt like, as I was watching it, I was like, that's definitely Sly's car in real life because he drives something similar in the <laughs> Expendables. Actually... It was his real car and they got oh, different wow. uh, stunt versions to, to wreck during the movie. But for anyone who hasn't seen Cobra, all you need to know is that Sly gave his character a custom license plate that says Awesome 50 on it. So that's that's <laughs> that's the level of, you know maturity we're approaching this from it's basically it is dirty harry on crack it's the most ridiculously um watchable reagan version if you, if you think of dirty harry as like a nixonian backlash to like liberal politics of the 60s cobra is the reagan equivalent where it's everything is way more paranoid way more violent everyone is out to get you and you know if you can put that in its corner and just go ha no and then appreciate the movie for what it is, you'll have an amazing time. <laughs> because this is the thing with Cobra. Cobra is a movie that takes itself insanely seriously. And it takes itself so seriously, but is like still one of the most fun action movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> is. Just the, the, the start of this movie, the first scene, you like immediately know what you're in for. In this Bring movie. in the cobra. So, like, it opens with the guy, the, some guy with a shotgun. He immediately goes into a, a a shop and he has a shotgun and he just starts blowing people away for well, no reason. He doesn't even start blowing people away. This is the really funny thing for me when when looking at this movie through the lens of that kind of Reagan, you know, Reaganomics kind of era, is that he starts blasting away the the images of like consumerism. His first targets when he goes into the grocery store isn't people. He's blowing up like Fruit Loops and like Pepsi displays and stuff and like yeah. organic produce. Like pyramids of beer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like it's so funny because the movie's entire manifesto essentially is that there's this beautiful Americana that we have that is built on buying and owning things and being happy. But everywhere around the corner, there is a conspiracy of sickos and psychos that are out not only to get you, but to undermine this entire vi- like you know vision of what we have. But I'll let you, I'll let you continue with the <laughs> the whack job in the. Uh... But they 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 open it up straight away with this crazy guy with a shotgun in a shop blowing stuff away. Eventually blowing people away. He lets one guy go and then shoots him in the back. Because <laughs> a sicko. They yeah they do. An immediate job in the first 15 minutes at setting up how Cobra, the character of Cobra, is the biggest badass in the world. (laughs) He drives in in his car. You see the awesome 50 license plate. He gets out and he's wearing giant like aviator sunglasses and a toothpick in his mouth. (laughs) He walks over to, and you mentioned Dirty Harry, the bad guy from Dirty Harry, who immediately just says to him, if they asked me, I wouldn't have allowed you to be here. Like, yeah. immediately, like, oh, you're a loose cannon and you shouldn't be here. This is a terrible idea. Even though Cobra sorts it out immediately. And then without even barely knowing what's going on, Cobra just walks in the building. He's like, oh, I'm going to take this guy down now. It's so funny Why as not? well, because he goes in and, like, he gives the guy the most unnecessary death ever. Like, he could just blow him away with his with his patented Cobra pistol that has the snake on the pearl grip. But instead of doing that, he's like, 
Adam want to kill you. And then the guy's like, ah, I don't want to talk to you. And he's like, actually, I do want to kill you. And then he throws his knife at him and then shoots him. It's like, it's so, it's just a flex at that point. Let, let me so whip out these six zingers before I take you down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's there, he like, this completely glossed over the best bit of that scene, which is where he takes a sip of the cause. <laughs> he gets a cause, drinks it, and then throws it. And the guy just looks at the beer can for like, too long and just blows it away like there's someone there but then he when he gets around to it I think what are the lines he says he says something like I don't deal with psychos I put them away yeah yeah. Uh, my favourite one you're the disease and I'm, I'm the, the cure. cure which is the movie's entire manifesto the movie's entire manifesto of like crime and punishment is that bad people should be executed <laughs> <laughs> and like it's just absolutely yeah. wild and i forget the they, loose cannon cops are right I, I, i'm making a connection here right because it's been ages since i've seen the original dirty harry but you've recently been watching the hellraiser movies is is, is 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 frank from hellraiser not frank what's yes his, yeah yeah, yeah. Is, is he scorpio no, right not frank but uh frank's uh, brother frank's brother yeah is yeah. in this he's detective monty in this and yeah he's scorpio and dirty harry oh, of course he is i should have um, i always remember him from an episode of the incredible hulk when i was a kid oh my god what a... like years ago he played yeah. like a doctor yeah i think he was a bad guy in an episode of that um, yeah. i didn't realize he was in this movie so yeah i, I... It's been ages since I've seen it. I don't know when your last rewatch was, but yeah, I completely... Because I only watched the first Hellraiser this year, but yeah. Um, so did I. Yeah. But the thing is, why we're talking about this movie and classifying it as appropriate for Spooky Month is that the vast majority of the first 45 minutes of this film is... you could You could come into this... And, like, remove the Stallone scenes. In fact, you could even keep them around, to be honest, but just, like, tone down the action stuff. You could come into it and look at it and think you were watching, like, some kind of Italian exploitation slasher yeah, movie. Yeah, it's, it's a slasher movie disguised as an action movie, and I don't think it's thought enough that way. But there's some genuine, like, horror shit in here. There's a whole sequence that's straight out of Halloween 2, basically. Yeah, with the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's fantastic. But even the opening scene, you know, the way we... Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a lot of Dirty Harry comparisons, but the way we were introduced to to Dirty Harry, you know, in the original movie, um, is he stopping like it's just a robbery, isn't it? It's just a robbery that he he stumbles upon. Yeah, when he's yeah. getting a hot dog. Yeah. Um. In this, you know, Stallone is essentially, <laughs> essentially interrupting a mass shooting situation. You know, and I think in in the original, you know, reading up on it in the original draft, it was actually going to be a mass shooting at a movie theater. Which again tones into the whole idea of like symbols of Americana being blasted away oh, by yeah, madmen yeah. or whatever. Um, but even in this scene, you know, even though it's it's in Cobra's typical charm, you know, permeated by moments of smart alecky like banter and one liners, you know, it is quite an unsettling thing to watch. You know, the, 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 in that kind of thing, and the way it's shot as well, the cinematographer of this movie, um, I believe his name was Rick White or Rick Waite. Um, it's a gorgeous looking film and the way they frame oh, yeah. like American iconography through this, you know, everyone makes a big show and dance of like drinking Pepsi, drinking Coca-Cola, you know, Cobra's apartment. It's like neon lit on like um, Long Beach. Um, you know, there's lots of good neon, and then like with, when it's moments of like violence or um, the threat of violence, the idea of nighttime just completely enveloping the scene and camera, and all that's remaining is like the 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 evil of the this this completely nebulous criminal conspiracy of sickos. You know, it does feel kind of like 
it feels like an Italian horror at times. I'm not going to say it's like Argento because it's not like Argento. It's, no, it's completely <laughs> not like that. But in terms of the visual similarity, you know, it feels like it's going for that at times. And it's interesting as well because if you if you look at, you know, the director, um, George P. Uh, Cosmatos, George P. He's, Cosmatos, he's, yeah. he's got quite a controversial history in that I feel like the majority of his, like, most iconic films have kind of been chalked up to other actors actually directing it. It seems as if he was quite a passive filmmaker. You know, there were allegations that Stallone essentially directed First Blood Part Two. Also allegations here that he mostly directed Cobra. And then obviously the other There's big one stuff with that was is Stallone. With, with Tombstone, where, you know, the idea that Kurt Russell actually directed that, you know, Val Kilmer's come out and said that Russell actually did more of Tombstone than Cosmodos. Um, oh, and you still get that stuff now. Yeah, yeah, true. But it's interesting that this is a thing that comes up with him because, and I, I would have to say that, you know, if I'm looking at like going from Rambo part two, to, to Cobra, to Tombstone, you know, three movies that I hold near and dear. I mean, I've, I don't really care too much about Rambo Part Two, but these are mil- these are films that I've seen loads of times. Apart from Cobra, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm making a lot of caveats <laughs> here, um, but it doesn't feel like he has a set unique style. Cobra feels like its own unique beast, but it doesn't feel like Stallone either. It's such a weird film. I don't fully agree with you because I feel like there's so much. I I agree on like not feeling like a director too much. I think there's times where it feels so much like Stallone. Writing-wise, I like, would agree, so but, many little but things. like visually and, and directionally, it feels oh, like... Oh, yeah. sure. Stallone, because if you look at like Schwarzenegger, he went into horror like a couple of times. Like he did, like Predator, you can say, has yeah. got his horror moments. Running Man has got kind of horror moments. Not too much. Maybe I'm stretching that. But then he did like... Oh, no, Dynamo is pretty freaky, like. <laughs> <laughs> but he did stuff like... End of Days and Terminator that have like major horror vibes to them. This is the closest Stallone ever got to that. If anything, when it hit the later 80s, the 90s, Stallone went even more into his action hero persona. And that's when he was doing stuff like Assassins and The Specialist and Cliffhanger. You know, all those Cliffhanger and Demolition Man, which I love so much. Uh, I could talk about Demolition Man for days. Um, But there's just in the script, there's so many little Stallone things. And part of that is just that first 20 minutes, they just consistently set up how great Cobra is and how he's the coolest guy in the world. I mean, even even when you go to... We've mentioned the opening scene where he goes and foils the kind of... I was going to say robbery, but it's not a robbery. He then drives home to his beachfront apartment. Yeah. That is basically the Batcave. Yeah. He's basically he Batman in this him. movie. He has his own Batmobile. There's, <laughs> there's, there's a group of, like, guys... That people who were like chilling out in their car who were not leaving enough space from the park. So he pushes <laughs> their car forward with his car. They come out and are like, well, what the hell? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And he just rips, rips the, the shirt off. He rips the guy's shirt off and he's like, smoking's bad for you. Clean yourself up. Um, he says something like, you've, you've got a problem. Oh no, he says, this isn't good for your health. And the guy's like, what's not good for my health? And Cobra says, me. Yeah, it's so funny. There's a whole weird, like, health kick thing to his character in this film. Where his oh, it's partner great. That's Gon- the Stallone stuff. But the part- his partner, Gonzalez, is like, got a bit of a sweet tooth. And he's like, they'll kill you, though. Yeah, kill Try you. some fish. But then he, like, in the most iconic scene in the movie, he's having some pizza. <laughs> so, this is, I, yeah. I'll, I'll let I, you take I it. I think about me. this at least once a week. 
Because he does that. He goes in. Also, I'm pretty sure when he rips that guy's shirt off, you can see like a microphone attached to the guy's chest. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, he goes in, and the first things he does in his appointments, I love this scene so much because of, I don't get whose idea it was. He takes two things out of the fridge, a pizza cut, a pizza box, and an egg carton. Cuts, opens the pizza box. There's one slice of cheese pizza in there. He cuts it in half with scissors. Not the way you would think. He cuts the front off the back end. And eats that. Just eat the slice. And then you're like, well, what are the eggs for? <laughs> is he going to get extra protein? Double dip it yeah, on the is protein? He, is he going to crack some egg yolks in a glass and drink them like all the really tough muscle guys do? No, he, there's gun cleaning supplies in there. I <laughs> love that. cleaning supplies in the he's fridge. Like, he's getting like... Pizza grease all over his slick black gloves as well. <laughs> and then he puts on like a Toys R Us advert and that cuts into the news. That is the other interesting thing again that I come back to with this movie being about the threat of like possessions and consumerism being targeted. Like it is quite Christmassy. It's th- it's it's yeah. it's it's framed around these guys targeted everything. And I think it's just interesting how it's it's a, it's a thing that constantly comes up. There's another scene as well where Gonzalez like, has a big Coke can and it's as if he's doing a product placement bit with a Coca-Cola can. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's, I probably need to spend more time with the movie to really like formulate my thoughts on this because it seems like such an interesting like interestingly ironic self own you know when you think about like um narratives surrounding like cops in general these days and the idea that everyone is out to get them or whatever this feels like that paranoid right-wing fantasy that the whole bit at the end as well with brian thompson's character with the night slasher and he's there putting every like all that delivery on pig like that and he's like pig. saying they'll put me away and i'll get back out again and it's just it's everything they'll about this movie is, it's just hilarious but but yeah, like um, the whole thing with Cobra, we need to describe who Cobra is, by the way, because we've not yeah. actually said how many times have you seen this movie? Twice. Oh, this is the second time. This is the second time. Okay, yeah. right. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's made my fourth off it. <laughs> um, I this is the thing. Cobra's like not. You say who Cobra is? I'm still not 100 percent sure after all these times. <laughs> apart from a badass, what is the he zombie? Goes, when he goes, <laughs> I don't know. There's only two people on it apparently. When he goes into his apartment, not only does he then do the pizza. And the egg carton, and he doesn't seem to have any furniture apart from like a desk and a little TV. There's a telescope in there. He's, he's reenacting Rear Window. Stargazing. He's looking at Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> it's pointing down, so I assume he's looking in someone's window. <laughs> uh, Cobra's looking at me again. <laughs> Cobra's seeing how close our car's parked to his. Um, uh, Cobra's such a. Like, this is the part where I'm like, well, then this is Stallone, because Cobra is just. Kind of Stallone in this movie. Yeah. Is Stallone being the ultimate version of himself? Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Well, I feel like I feel like Barney from The Expendables is very much who Stallone thinks he is. Like 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 that's very much like all him. Like I feel like his wardrobe in that movie is literally just what he would wear out and about anyway. What's, Whereas what's when... so funny about Stallone now though is that he does that in The Expendables still has that really tough guy image in his movies that he still wants to keep up. But just, like, for anyone who's listening, if you haven't done this before, take ten minutes right now. Like, pause this. Take ten minutes. And just go and look at Sylvester Stallone's Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Where there's, like, there's, like, a clip of him on set being, like... I think I watched one the other week where he, like, lost a fake moustache that he had for a set for the TV show he was filming. And it's just... 
Oh, oh, oh where, where's where's the mustache? Oh, this what a wacky situation we just got ourselves in. I love that. I'm such a such a bumbly Italian guy. I love <laughs> that. It's like oh, let's let's go blow people away now. It's, he's it's great. great. The um, he just goes full doting dad on Instagram, and I love it so much. But it's so funny because like his wardrobe in Cobra, it's like um, you know he gets called what like he looks like a drifter on the run in the 1950s by Gonzalez in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a great interesting mix of fits he's got going on he's got his uh gun holstered in the shoot my own dick off position um throughout yeah. the entirety of the film uh, he's got like you know like the jeans on he's got the boots he's got like the black coat and he has like a big like trench coat thing going on with the black gloves and the aviators as well it's such an it's such a weird you know but instantly like it kind of reminds me of like um you know like a an like a spaghetti western character's Outfit, yeah, yeah, where they instantly walk on and it's a shared motif. I imagine if there were multiple Cobra movies, this would be like his fit that he would wear, and everyone would be like, "Okay, that's that's the you know, like Lee Van Cleef was the man in black, and like you know for a few dollars more, and um, the 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 other um, films he did where he basically essentially reprised that character, but under you know different directors and stuff. I imagine if they did multiple Cobra movies, it would have been that. I can't believe we didn't get multiple Cobra movies. Yeah, well, again, right, so... I wish we did so bad. Cobra, real name, Vincent Cabretti. The Cobra. Oh, yeah. Vincent Cabretti. His name's not Vincent. Well, it's not Vincent. Well, Marion. You get later of your team, Marion. Marion Cabretti. Is it not... Does it not originally call Vincent? Or am I making I don't that think up? so. I've just made I think they up. just call him Cobra the whole movie, yeah. Vinny Cabretti. Okay, right. I'm going to have to look... Hang on. No, I'm... Why have I got I Vincent know. Unless they say it and I missed it, I do not know who Vincent is. No, you're completely right. I've just come up with Vincent on my own. That's hilarious. <laughs> 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 okay. Let's ignore... Right. Real name, Marion Cabretti, right? He is a loose cannon. He's on the edge. He's brought in to do the, the dirty work. He's he's brought in to do the work none of the other cubs in this goddamn city have the balls to do. And that is essentially just to kill people. He is a hitman for the police. That is what he's Oh doing. yeah, and he's he's part of, as you said before, he's part of the zombie squad. And we never find out what the zombie squad is, who's on it, <laughs> who funds them, what their actual kind of job is other than just hunting down bad guys. Yeah. Because <laughs> nah, it, it makes it he, seem th- as if like he's specifically interested in killing sickos. I mean, this movie yeah. is, is it him and his partner. The entire movie is essentially the sickos meme, where the guy is looking in through the window and going, "Ha ha, yeah. yes, ha ha." And then, the, and then, in a non-existent second panel, uh, Cobra spins around in his chair and suit, shoots the sicko in the face. <laughs> like, that's the entire, the entire idea of the movie. Yeah, we don't know what what it what the zombie squad is, but he's all you need to know is that he's basically a hitman. He's an executioner. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the plot can basically be boiled down to he's the guy that they bring in to take down the worst guys. Even though at the start of the movie, they say when he's in his apartment in that scene at the beginning, he turns the news on. And this is insane to me. The newsreader says that the Night Slasher... So the the whole thing is that there's a villain called the Night Slasher who is killing people. He's a serial killer. It's actually a bunch of people and it's a whole cult. They say they've killed 16 people in one month. And the rest of the police are like, we can't let Cobra and the zombie squad deal with this. And then one more person dies and they're like, bring in Cobra. Yeah. And then he, it's it's basically the McGonagall bit from the, I know that's already <laughs> like a Dirty Harry thing as well. But yeah, Cobra's yeah. like, hey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to eat my pizza. <laughs> like, it's all it is. But yeah, it feels like, like with, um with the, with the, the Night Slasher stuff, like I'm fairly certain the real life Night Stalker stuff was going on um, around about 
the same time as well but you know taking that idea of like just it being one person and and turning it out into one big criminal conspiracy and it's interesting because in the original draft of the script um stallone wanted to flesh these the, the 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 motivations behind these out i think originally the plan was to have detective monte be the the ringleader of the cult oh, and the guy who's really always what? like i don't approve of your methods cobra the guy who he punches at the end um yeah he yeah. was he was originally going to be revealed as being part of the cult um but the movie uh <laughs> quite like michael myers the the villain is more interesting when you know less about him and all that all you need to know about the villains here is that they're just um a hilarious paranoid fantasy of of sickos sadists murderers and they've infiltrated every echelon of society in the opening montage where you see them all you've got people in suits so you've got people who are you know not blue collar workers white people yeah, with white jobs. yeah and in that weird music video it does feel like a music video at times and then you have you know bikers you have police officers you have workmen uh, uh so like basically everyone from every walk of life has subscribed to this death to capitalism and random murder doctrine that the um what's the cult's name do they have a um the i don't think i don't know if they name them all just working around the scariest looking man you've ever yeah. seen it's hilarious they, oh the new world that's what they're called the new world yeah so they basically yeah. say at the end they kind of they have no motivation other than they're just bad guys for bad guys sake for most of it yeah until at the end they kind of just write it off with him going to cobra we want to take out the weak we're the strong and we want the strong to keep out in the world but we want to take out all the weak element of the world which if you wanted to look into it you could be like they want to take out the people that are working for the man and dealing with capitalism and keeping the economy the way it is i think if you say that you're maybe doing a bit of legwork for oh the absolutely movie, i think but... i don't i don't think there's any motivation to what they're doing here like i feel like it's just it's interesting that the movie has them as this kind of like they exist to be evil but coincidentally they keep targeting like the most like 80s images you know as, as, they, yeah, as, yeah, as yeah. they attack things like the like even you know um brigitte nielsen's character like being a supermodel like that her introductory scene feels like a music video for mtv so it feels like so going it's the oddest music video in the world yeah, yeah it's it shows three things her modeling cobra and his partner going around questioning people in a pretty violent way sometimes oh that's so and then the right, night slasher just sharpening his weapons right i need to i need to ask you this question right because i was watching it yesterday you know, they have like one or two questions with these people. What questions do you think they were asking? Because I think they were going up to people going, Are you the night slasher? <laughs> no. How many people have you killed recently? Are you the night slasher? <laughs> there's, there's one bit where they walk into a bar, and I'm not even sure he asked him something. Stallone just reaches over the bar and just grabs a guy. I, he looks like he's going to beat the shit out of him. He's got a license to arrest sickos. That's the whole thing. <laughs> His whole thing I mean, is the, the, anti-sicko. <laughs> this is kind of where the plot of the movie kicks in, because the whole plot is basically... Brigitte Nielsen's character gets... She sees the Night Slasher kills someone. Brian Thompson has next, a terrifying stare and they spend the rest of it. in that scene, by the way. Brian Thompson. I don't want to be mean to Brian Thompson. I'm pretty sure he's still around. Might be a very nice guy. I don't know. Might be the nicest pe- person. The man looks like pure evil. <laughs> he looks like an evil psychopath. Especially when he has the Rudy, the Rudy Giuliani uh, hair dye oh, yeah. going on. <laughs> he, apparently, I was reading this on Wikipedia yesterday, he wanted to find out a bit more motivation about his character and Stallone basically said to him, there isn't any good or evil good that's good that's on your slide. motivation <laughs> and then apparently cosmatos the director 
after the movie finished, I think, came to Brian Thompson and basically said, if you'd listened to me instead of Stallone, you would have been good in this. But he is good in this. And I'm like, he's so good in this. He, he looks insane. He is ridiculous. And, and so scary. It's, um, yeah, like the way we're introduced to the Night Slasher in this movie is there is a montage of killings at like the, the 10, 15 minute mark. And it's all brutal. It kind of comes back to that Italian exploitation vibe where you've just got glimpses of metal flashing in the night, people screaming, being stabbed, hacked to death with axes and stuff. Um, and then you see, you first, you, you get a glimpse of his face um, when she's on, she, she just happens to have a, a coincidental drive-by and just sees him, like, staring. Uh, and again, taps into that whole paranoid fantasy, you know, the idea of, like, anyone could you 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 could just be existing you know everyone that they kill in this movie there's no reason that they kill them they're just they're all different they're people just, yeah. all, all different walks of life they're just being killed for, for no reason whatsoever and it just feels like it's um picking up on like that sensationalist kind of reporting and politics that came about in the 70s and 80s you know nixon ran on that um you know crime and law and order platform law and order is like a big dog whistle thing in american politics and cobra very much feels like we need to go further on law and order. Anyone could be at risk, especially you. <laughs> you know, you could just look at a guy in the street and there's a guy there. <laughs> I'm going to echo a previous episode here because I listened to your, like, your Aliens episode mm. last week, week before, with um, Ash. And she said something to you that I very much think when I speak to you, that it's it's so impressive how you can sort of put this together <laughs> in terms of the political state of the country at that time. Because I like I sit and watch these movies and I go, Oh, that's that's fucking scary. That's that's cool as hell. That's and then totally like, that's oh, a totally bad This place into all this that's, Nixonian that's like the, state of town. I'm like, how do I not think like so this? That's that's on the front end of what I do when I perceive stuff, but because yeah. history is so inter- interesting to me and especially American history, is that I I struggle to remove movies from that kind of like well, not that they should be. You know, they're all everything is created within a specific socio political context. But, you know, historically speaking, like one of the things that made me want to, you know, that, that really kind of like was my entry point into talking about film, you know, in a partially academic way during uni was like I got really into seventies conspiracy thriller movies. Um, which I mentioned in the in, in, in the Aliens episode as well. Uh, and I just always find that interesting like the the 60s post-war america specifically the 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 50s 60s 70s and 80s almost interesting periods in history and i love you know just the the statements that we get from movies at that time which you know a lot of the time it's probably me overlooking into things but certainly with with cobra's case you know you look at dirty harry being like the nixon kind of like law and order movie this feels like the the the, the the even more radical Reagan Reaganist version where it's there's there's no subtlety to it whatsoever. Um, but I genuinely yeah. enjoy hearing about it. And I'm I'm purely just echoing what oh, someone yeah, totally. else who's been on this podcast <laughs> has said. So I don't want this to sound like this is any sort of original thought out of my head. But <laughs> I just yeah I, I sort of thought that when she said it, that was very it's it's impressive like to hear it from that kind of mindset and um you you kind of it, it brings a whole new layer to like the way I then see those kind of things on a rewatch and I, I enjoy to then kind of try and think about it that way because I will be honest when I watch this movie I'm like haha gun go burr that is my main takeaway from watching it <laughs> oh, it's my take. it's just a, yeah. it's just a fun a, a fun other way to look at it uh, I think at times because you know uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger both openly political people too um, and obviously oh, sure. you know like both 
uh, well, Schwarzenegger's politics especially have gotten way more moderate and liberal over the past decade. I'm not sure where, where Sly is. Obviously, there was some... Stallone's like, have been a lot yeah, more a bit, hidden a bit, recently. A bit yeah. um, but it's just interesting to look at those political journeys and movies. Um, and, and, and Cobra is very much like Sly does Dirty Harry. And, you know, Clint Eastwood, we talked about in the Line of Fire episode about he's quite a you know interestingly politically uh confused i'm not gonna say confused mm. i think that's patronizing i think he he knows what he's doing but he has a certain brand about him uh which where where it's slightly contradictory we should get into the action of this movie a yes. bit, shouldn't we because exactly um, it's it's so one of the reasons why warner brothers passed on stallone's idea for beverly hills cop was that he wanted to crank up the action to the levels that we see in Cobra. And even in his initial draft, well, one of the drafts for Cobra, um, they had to cut loads out because, you know, they, there was additional additional action sequences. The movie was heavily censored during the editing phase as well. Um, I think the original cut was like uh, like a, a nearly two hours. And I think the final movie comes in at, you know, like like just over 86 minutes or something like that. Um, like that. But He's yeah, exactly 87. But they wanted to have lots of big action. And Cobra delivers on that front where you get several great action sequences, moments where Stallone is like ambushed outside his apartment um, and he's just he's just mowing down dudes, this Colt 45. And then um, the, the later bit in the film where he busts out what, you know, the the submachine gun that is in the iconic poster, which I, I was looking up before we started recording because I'd never seen it anywhere before. Um, <laughs> and he just, he, he like assembles that thing like a pro and just starts mowing people down. And I, I do love it in in these movies where, you know, a piece of, of hardware that, you know, for now we'd probably consider quite mundane, like a laser sight being on a weapon. You see mm. that, like, you know, any old any old guy can have that now. But back in the day, who uh, that that neon bulb was doing a lot of work. So it's quite a cool bit where he, he has it and he, he fires the laser at himself in the mirror. And it's like, Because yeah, oh. it weirdly... <laughs> It weirdly takes it as if I watched a movie now, if I watched a movie that came out this year and a group of police officers went into a building and they all had lasers out and they go, I would think nothing of it. But then when I watch a movie from the 80s and Storm's got a laser sight on his gun, I'm like, holy shit. It's the same thing, same thing in Terminator when um, when when Arnie's acquiring his targets in the original Terminator and one of the guns that he has in that has a big laser sight on it and it makes it out to be a big deal. Yeah. You know, it's, we mentioned it in Predator 2. Yes. Yeah, and he loves giant like scope. Yeah, totally. I always find it interesting that that whole aspect to it. Um, and obviously, it's not a standard issue weapon. Nothing about Cobra is standard issue, is what he would probably oh, say. No, no, <laughs> um, but we have that great. You know, we have a few great car chase sequences where they're fending off this this psycho cult. And then um, the the plan is because they keep on targeting Brigitte Nielsen's character, they take her upstate. Um, partially to keep her safe, but also because Cobra wants to lure out the the sickos and and kill them all. I mean, yeah, because the whole second half of the movie basically just becomes a series of set pieces of the Night Slasher and his gang, what they call the New World, trying to kill Ingrid Bridges Nielsen's character. So they try to kill her the first time, including running a van into a security guy. Who that hats is, off to that security that man because he does not dodge out of the way. The other time, brutal death. Yeah, and then she goes to the hospital. They question her at the hospital. Cobra and his partner Tony. Then the night slasher kills, tries to kill her at the hospital. 
which is a pretty scary scene. There's a bit where he just kills like a random janitor. He just pulls his head through a set of shelves and stabs him. And that's when it goes like Halloween 2 for a minute. Like he's just stuck in this empty hospital killing people. Like you think he's going to kill this woman on an elevator at one point, And then you think he's going to kill her. And then it kind of just becomes like an increasingly elaborate set of set pieces where it's like the hospital and then a car chase and then another car chase. And then it ends with a fight in a literal lava factory. I was going to say, I feel like there have been a lot of movies that I've watched like like aliens like ends in a big sweaty uh, molten steel production facility uh you know like um this one has also like a big a lot of 80s movies culminate in like scrapyards my brother and i watched a lot of like 80s 90s movies during lockdown so i wanted to show him stuff that i really loved and we both gravitate very much towards two kinds of locations for fight scenes that a lot of these movies has one of which is this where it's just like and a factory where you can't really figure out what they're actually making or doing there. Here, there's just hooks spinning around and lava and molten metal. I don't know what it is. Like, no one's working there. No. It seems to be midweek. One security no one's guy. Doing the job. Just looking. Yep, uh, just one security guy. All the machines are on. Mm. I'm pretty sure they don't do that when there's no workers in the factory. <laughs> it's a steelworks um, place, isn't it? It's a steel. It looks I like a steel guess, place. yeah. Like, there's, there's stuff like that. Uh, Police Story 2 has one of my favourite yes. ones because it has an ending in a literal fireworks factory. Yeah. And then the one my brother always enjoys very much is when they'll end it in just a giant villa that's owned by the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. That coat, like, Commando or Beverly Hills Cop or something like that. Yeah. They're always the two most entertaining ones because you can just throw so many guys into that fight without any sort of casualties from, like, civilians and stuff like that. You can just have people fight... I, I love an action movie where people fight in a place they're not supposed to fight. Yes. Oh, that's that's, that's, the, that's the, it's always the best time. That's the Jackie Chan like uh, mission statement. Yeah. That, like you know, in, in the police story movies. But I will say, as the movie moves away from its slashery suspense thriller thriller e elements, it does get a little bit less interesting for me. I think there are pacing issues towards the end where it kind of feels like we get into that pattern of you mentioned where you know, the, the the Night Slasher and his boys try and get Ingrid and Cobra. They escape. Cobra gets chewed up by the police brass. They try and do it again. Cobra gets chewed up again. And then they have the whole upstate thing and that romance begins to blossom. But I will say that some of those set pieces are great. I love especially that moment on the highway. Oh, that's fun he, as hell. Yeah. Where he flips the car around and he starts shooting. And then you also have the, 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 the truck stop. Well, the truck... The flatbed truck escape where he's in the back with his gun, just mowing down crazed motorcycle cultists. It's just hilarious. The first car chase is a literal moment where he's shooting at the bad guys and you hear one of them be like, this guy's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. You're crazy. He's crazy to these people. You're professionally crazy. (laughs) There's, um, it's, you're right. It kind of gets really weird when they go to the kind of upstate area because they start throwing in, there's, there's just been kind of that series of escalating action sequences. Then it slows down for a little bit. They take her away to upstate, hoping, oh, the Night Slasher and his guys aren't going to find us here. They throw in a weird sort of romance between Cobra and, and Brigitte Nielsen's character. And it's so funny that... They were dating in real life at the time. were dating in real life because they're so awkward in this. The bit where... Oh, there's the chips. Think about the chips. <laughs> the chips is great. Yeah. She puts an insane amount of ketchup on those chips. But when he, like, grabs that giant plastic burger... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he turns around and he's like... Your entree is ready. And then he does this really awkward... Like, he's never talked to a woman before in his life. It's so funny to me. It's, it's so awkward. 
Any time they have some kind of scene where they're flirting with each other, like she then finds out his real name and she sort of teases him about that. And it, it, it baffles me that they got married because I don't know if they've got that much chemistry in this movie <laughs> at all. I think this so. I think I think I see a lot of affection when I th- when I see Ingrid look at and look at old Cobra. I mean, that's the same way I look at Cobra. So maybe it's just a thing. About oh, Cobra. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do stare longingly yeah. at, at old Cabretti. Um, but yeah, no, those those, those final action sequences are really cool, and then we get to the the finale in the in the steel. Well, there's days of steel works um, where I'm going to keep calling it the lava factory. The lava factory, <laughs> Mustafa. They yeah. go back to to Roosevelt, yeah. Mustafa, uh, or California, Mustafa. And um, we oh, during this time as well, I should clarify that one of the police officers who uh, is with the protection detail is actually also a member of the cult, and that's how the cult trap them down. Um, and she ends up getting in a fight with with Cobra. Um, Brian Thompson's Night Slasher walks in, uh, blows her away while trying to kill Cobra. They have a whole big standoff, and Thompson keeps on going, "Pig, don't let Pig. me out on the street, Pig." <laughs> he because they they have the whole chase scene where he's on the the one you mentioned before. He's on the back of the flatbed truck. He's gunning guys down. He kills maybe 20 to 30 people on motorbikes <laughs> just in the middle of the street and the effects are so cool all the falls are like legit practical and there's a bit where a guy jumps on his truck and he throws him off the front yes and the guy running that over. shot is so and funny because he's not even because like him. he climbs onto the truck and it's as if he's not even like why would you not know like how bad is your peripheral vision not to see the guy yeah, <laughs> climbing yeah. on behind you but then the guy grabs cobra from behind and you're like oh he's got him now and then the immediate next cut is Cobra throwing him over the thing. Like he's he's turned it around on him that quick. Yeah. And then they he he has grenades. Cobra he kills like four guys with grenades. My favorite um, exploding grenades that are in all action movies where they explode like dynamite and <laughs> not like <laughs> frag grenades. I love yeah. that the hugest most fiery explosion. But then when he then kills more guys in the lava factory and then when he gets to he's hiding away and, and that's when brian thompson's character does his big speech the night after does his big speech of like this is what we're here for we're here to take out the weak and we're the strong and he keeps calling him pig, pig. every five seconds <laughs> pig and then he goes cobra points the gun at him and he goes you're not gonna kill me that would be murder it's like he's just killed like 30 of your men <laughs> he, i think he's okay with this so this is where the law ends and I begin. <laughs> I, I, you, you missed the end of that line. That's oh. totally unnecessary. What, what, what happens after that? Wait. <laughs> I forgot. The line should have ended where you said it. He goes, this is where the law stops oh. and I start. Sucker. Oh, sucker. Yeah. I, I think I didn't hear. I've just been laughing. Oh, correct. I laughed. I, laughed. I was already laughing by the time he was doing the... Uh, this is where the law stops, Perk. <laughs> oh my god! What? I just this podcast is going to mostly it's be laughing. It's just cinema. It's just cinema, it's mate. There's no, there's no other way to put it. Uh, and I, I do have to say as well that Brian Thompson in this finale is coming for uh, Stellan Skarsgård's crown as the sweatiest movie character in the movie scene <laughs> of all time because Skarsgård, Skarsgård is dripping in the Hunt for October. He's like chained through like yeah, cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thompson in this. He's like got sweat coming down his face, and when he says "pig," not only is there spittle coming out, there is also the sweat coming off his face. Uh, it's just flying everywhere, like 
It's that Key and Peele. Have you ever seen the Key and Peele sketch? Yeah. The one where... Yeah, it's that Key and Peele sketch where John Peele's just got like a waterfall <laughs> yeah, down yeah. his face. Yeah. He's just so sweaty. And he's not even... Like, it's not even like he's sweaty in... You know, because the steel, steel factory is hot. You know, it's warm. Yeah, you're probably going to work with I mean, I'd be sweating. I'm sweating now. Probably, exactly. Probably, you know, we all sweat. But when, even when he's, like, inside his house and he's, like, met, sharpening his, his sicko knife, you know, he's 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 completely trenched he's there. so wet, yeah. <laughs> Everything he does. Uh, at one point, he just stands and looks at a woman through a window. Yeah. Caked in the stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, like, one thing I don't know if you know about all sickos, Dan, is that they all sweat profusely. That's, oh, sweat. That's the hallmark yeah. of a sicko. I tell them out in public, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Real overactive sweat glands. So. <laughs> it's all that knife. It's all that knife sharpening and axe clanging. It just really, love... really gets a workout God, going. I didn't even... Right, so the other, the other great thing... I keep, I've used the word sicko so many times in this podcast, but there's no other way to describe... I think the movie uses mo- it a few the, times. The movie is about hating sickos. <laughs> Right, and the the knife they give the night slasher is the ultimate sicko weapon. Not only is it a knife, it's a knife with mini knives, and little spikes yeah, it's, around. It's like, like a knife with the biggest knuckle duster you've yeah. ever seen attached to it. And he's like, I think reading up about it, Stallone was like, "I want them to have a knife that we'll forget." It's like fair play. I'll remember this knife forever. It's a pretty cool knife. Oh, for sure. You yeah, know, if yeah. you're gonna have some kind of little you know, crocodile Dundee a day, you'd have that whole. That's not a knife. This is the knife scene, and then, and then Brian Thompson <laughs> would walk on and go, "This is a knife, yeah. pig," and then it would be like, you know, he'd, he'd kill everyone. But I would yeah. have enjoyed the last act of this movie just being Stallone and the Night Slasher just fighting with a series of escalating bigger knives. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just crazy elaborate joke um the the fight between them's good as well stallone stallone might no this is this is stupid no, go on maybe commit stallone might be a little underrated in the fist fight department oh no you're right because like you feel like rocky like everyone knows how good he is in that but like aside from that's that, boxing that's yeah, a specific that's, but, like in terms like, of like you know actual fist fights he, he, he gets some good slugs in there i felt that, you know, like he's, he's, exactly he's you picture stallone the, the, old, the, old the old haymakers in, in this one you do feel it the old, yeah the I mean, old bread bastard. he's no harrison ford no. <laughs> he's no hard who is but he does some good punches and I've always kind of defended Sloan as being a pretty good actor. Like, oh, compared to Arnold, he's probably the one who's legitimately the best actor. I I have a real hatred for people who dunk on Arnie and Stallone uh, and try and say that they're bad actors because they're not. Ar- Arnold's a weird one because he's he in the eighties he wasn't the greatest actor, but he had a certain sense of charisma they're, that really they're perfectly both worked. So on screen. clever, and like I feel like. People confuse a lack of range for being a bad actor. I feel, you know, yeah, like sure. with, with with Arnie, he has he does two things very well, and you know, it, arguably three things in some areas. But he does action well, he does comedy well among the best. Does, he does both yeah, of those things sure. very very well. With Stallone, you have that added element of drama, you know, with what with what we see with Rocky and stuff. But the thing with both of them is is that they both weren't afraid to be silly like even though they 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 were very serious you know with themselves you know arnold is like both an actor but also as a bodybuilder and an athlete um and sly as well they they both even though people look at them now and they go oh they're so self-serious and cobra don't get me wrong it is so self-serious very self-serious so self-serious but by and large both very clever talented men who leveraged you know they they knew how to use their bodies in, in film and, yeah. and both just very clever and and you know i feel like people 
even though I feel like most of the people I listen to about films get that, whenever someone, like, when I look back at, like, old Simpsons episodes and, like, you know, um, McBain and, like, Rainier Wolfcastle, like, being, like, you know, treating Arnie as, like, some kind of dumb brick or whatever like to me that just feels like you're missing the point there arnie arnie knows what part of him is funny when you reduce him and try and say is he's dumb it's like you've completely like his entire presence has gone over your head if that makes sense there's kind of three places i mainly talk about movies twitter where i'm amongst because of the people i follow on twitter my fellow people kind of agree (laughs) with me yeah then i've got kind of my closest friends who are also quite big movie buffs also kind of agree with me to a degree one more than another and then i speak to people at work a lot about movies and then at work there's so many people that are like if i said sylvester stallone is a good actor they they will say no he's terrible he just stands there and looks big and shoots people and to me if you say like stallone is a bad actor if you slag off Scientology aside, Tom Cruise, if you slag off Tom Cruise, <laughs> you are showing red to a bull. Because I will I will start off. You mess with the bull, you, you get the horns. Exactly. <laughs> and if you call Stallone a bad actor, he's not great in everything. He's got his bad performances. Yeah. Who hasn't? Who hasn't? All I say, yeah, for sure. All I say is go and watch the final scene of First Blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Watch go all watch of the final scene of go, watch, watch all of First Blood. Watch all of Rocky. Yeah, watch all of Rocky. <laughs> he's he's fantastic in both movies. Copland, he's Copland. phenomenal. <laughs> Haven't seen Copland. It's a rare Stallone blind spot for me. Oh my god, you're gonna love Copland. You're gonna love. Yeah, Copland. it's a Stallone and a Mangold blind spot for me. You're gonna love Copland. That is such a good. There's movie. maybe three or four Stallone action movies I haven't seen, mm-hmm. and that's one of them. All the others. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Lock Up, and I haven't seen Get Carter, the remake that he made. Yeah, I'm less bothered about yeah. one of those yeah. than the other two. Yeah, no, um, um, Copland is really good. I was actually going to say because you mentioned Harrison Ford throwing punches earlier. Have, have you seen Witness? I haven't seen Witness. Right, I'm going to make you wait to watch that so we can do an episode on Witness because oh, we're going to do an episode I, on Witness. Okay, I, that was one of my dad's favorites, and it is great. It's um a Peter Weir banger. He's the guy I did Master nice. and Commander as well. So yeah, no, good. Movie. I mean, if you if you say to me, Damn, we're going to sit and talk about Harrison Ford for an hour sometime. <laughs> I'm never gonna go. This, it's all I, part of an elaborate role prank where I don't yeah. let you do Air Force One ever. I'll just show you different. I just, I, do you know just, what? I'm okay with that. Show you That's different fine. Harrison I'll, Ford movies, and then yeah, I'm if like, I'm watching Harrison next Ford week, in some form, we're gonna do Firewall. Are <laughs> <laughs> we finally? Are we, <laughs> we finally getting to Air Force One? No, but I just read a Hollywood homicide. So, <laughs> honestly, right, I'm committing to that bit. I'm sorry, it's it's it's. Too I'm okay with that. that. I'll, I'll survive with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, weirdly, we say this. We haven't done any Harrison Ford yet. Um, we will. Yes, yeah, I'm gonna we, I'm gonna call that we now. Absolutely, will. I want to do the Fugitive soon as well. Um, yeah, well, the Fugitive but, is my favorite movie of his. But yeah, yeah. Um, Cobra. Overall thoughts: great movie. Uh, I love it. Hilarious politics. Um, and surprisingly gorgeous, you know, like on a, on a filmic level, like even if you think the script is bad as a film, it's, it's, there is some hokey editing as well, but I think Cobra is a series of insane choices that somehow <laughs> made a good movie. That's what Cobra yeah, is. That is. Because if yeah. Cobra had tried yeah. to be fun, I think it would have been 10 times worse than it actually is. Totally. And this but it tries to be incredibly serious, the, and it becomes incredibly fun. That's the beauty of these movies. Is that we we talk. I, I feel like I, I bring this up regularly, where I'm like, the one thing that I love about old movies is their sincerity, and sometimes that sincerity can go 
too far, and other times it, it works very well. Uh, with Cobra, it's 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 a latter of you know it's it, it's overly serious, but because it believes in its own premise so convincingly, you can't help but just you go, yeah, you know what, this man Cobra, I believe in him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get the right people involved. Going the funnier route fully works. Police story is hilarious. Oh, but that's sincere as well. Belly Hills Cop. I mean, so like, funny. Oh, it's, it, yeah, 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 absolutely. But what I mean is, like, when you're trying to be a mm-hmm. bit funnier. Yeah. I think if Cobra had tried to be funnier with the people involved that made it, it wouldn't have worked. Like, so many of the funny moments would have fell flat on their ass. But it tries to be serious, and it has this real weird charm to it. And you're laughing at it, but you're also laughing with it. Yeah. And you're enjoying the hell out of it every step of the way. Totally. Yeah. <sighs> great, great don't times. Don't like this anymore. The movies. <laughs> I need to stop saying the movies. I need to stop saying that every podcast. I, well, they truly don't make them like I this I kind anymore. of like want to do, it's just a gag thing for these pods. I kind of want to do Alien Ant Farms just like the movies, but instead of him saying it, it's Vin Diesel going the movies. Yeah, just That's kind <laughs> of what I want. Let's just be the, fr- <laughs> take out that, I mean, it's a great drawing of you. But just you will take that to the side and we'll just put Vin Diesel up at the front. He'll be the mascot of this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, that that was Cobra, everyone. I hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about one of the most insane slice alone movies ever made. But a movie that Please you go watch it. should check out if you haven't already, because it's just a it's a great all vibes movie. Um and you know, we all love Marion Cabretti and Cabretti in this household. Uh, the household being yeah. this podcast. Um, before we go, I want to give a quick shout out to my patrons. Thank you, Thomas Mulgrew, Shaka, and Josh Brown. You are all very, very lovely. And apologise for not getting to the Terminator. I will do it. I'll do a little um, try and squeeze it in um, next month because it is uh, it's a good banger of a movie. And try and get it in in the the post the post Halloween come down um, as it were if you want to you can follow the Wheel of Dad Movies podcast on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Wheel of Dad Movies also obviously with the Patreon it'd be really cool if you've listened to this and enjoyed it and you could go and pledge um, because the support does mean the world you can follow me on Twitter at Ewan Ruins Things where can they find you Dan? Um, also on Twitter at DanGrima92 that's uh, G-R-I-M-A um, I am a lot more active on Twitter than I used to be, so feel free to come and have a little chat. He's with a me big there. poster now. <laughs> I know. I didn't used to. If you told Darren a year ago he was going to post it on Twitter, he'd have told you crazy. <laughs> Dan, you're going to be an all-time action movie poster. Yeah. How does that make you feel? <laughs> yeah, and it's the only it's the only uh, social media I don't think I hate as much as the others at the moment. <laughs> they can find you on Letterboxd. Found the right well, people. Yes, yeah, same same name, I believe, but it's on my Twitter account. Cool, cool. You I can think also it's the same name. All follow me on the box too, because I have good movie opinions on there. Um, but yeah, this has been <laughs> he does. the We Love Dad Movies podcast. The next episode, I do believe, will be Cape Fear with Josh Brown, so keep an eye out for that. Um, the schedule will be resuming its regular kind of one a week uh, <laughs> vibe again. Last week was very, very busy with Gotham Knights, which I did the review for, which you can go find at screenrant.com forward slash gaming. Good game. Enjoyed it. Good, good game. Uh, I haven't bought it yet. Yeah, it's, it's good. If you like, if you, it, for me, as someone who is very tired of superheroes at the minute, I had a great time. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, I just, I just worry. I get, I've, I've gone to this really bad habit game for like the past two years of, playing them for like three days putting them down doing other stuff and then starting a new game in three months oh yeah so, no that's yeah i'm bad for i'm that. gonna try and get out of that curve yeah and then i'll jump into Gotham this is why Nights. movies are great there's no there's no extra commitment <laughs> two hour commitment it's, unless you're watching the whole hellraiser franchise like i've done this week oh yeah yeah god bless you sir i salute you <laughs> it's rough it's getting rough <laughs> but yeah we will see you next time bye goodbye